0: Welcome to the Oxford North Carolina Exchange, a media site dedicated to providing Oxford related media for Oxford North Carolina. Today, Adam and Alan discuss the upcoming craft and brew fest on November 11 with Pierre Jing, proprietor of the Hub on Main, and Ryan Turner, purchaser for the hub and organizer of the fest. We wanna welcome everyone to the uh, initial podcast of the Oxford, North Carolina Exchange, which is, what is our tagline? Um,
1: you hear we podcast it. I don't
0: media, uh, North Oxford, North Carolina Media for Oxford, North Carolina. Um, we want to uh, welcome Pierre and Ryan, and we are podcasting from the hub today. Um, and we are podcasting here because there is the upcoming, I want to make sure I get this right. Um, brew and Craft Festival. We'll take it. Craft, All right, Craft and Brew Festival. Craft and Brew Festival. Okay. Um, three questions we like to ask everybody that we have on the podcast is: uh, first, um, who are you, and what brings you to Oxford? So,
2: Ryan or Pierre, whoever Ooh, wants man. to go first. So, uh, I I'd like to say I'm originally from Oxford. Not technically, I was born in Raleigh moved here when i was very young my dad grew up here uh but then moved away after high school and came back and started working back at the shop when it was formerly stovall's gifts Uh, and god i lose track which is bad probably eight years ago i started doing the craft beer uh ordering and bartending and i came right behind sean cummings he kind of is the one that started it and kind of followed in his footsteps and then we've tried to grow it the best we can after that and then been here ever since man just trying to get the best beer out we can and met pierre he kind of came in not halfway a little before halfway and he sat me down and said you know you're a big part of the shop and we want you to be a part of it going forward and they want to make sure that I was committed to it before they bought it I don't think that really would have mattered but you know it made me feel good that you said that and um yeah that's it man just been here ever since same question yes all right yes
3: so I am not from here yes no I'm I'm going on just about 10 years in Granville County uh, started my, my trek into Oxford uh, via the bustling town of STEM, North Carolina. And uh, started coming into Oxford in mm, 2016 or so and uh, became friends with the folks at the hub, at the time, Stovalls, like everybody, just sort of became part of the family pretty quickly. Um, Julia was, you know, onto something great here and uh, we had an opportunity to get involved and, and did. And so in 2017, purchased the business from her. Um, gave her her next step to retirement so that's where we filled in and um, you know I, I found Oxford like everybody does just uh, you either from here or you sort of fall fall into Oxford and that's what happened to me so I was looking for something around Raleigh and Durham that wasn't downtown Raleigh or Durham so right. um, fortunate to have a, a nice farm in the southern end of the county that I uh, bought in 2015 that I could not afford to buy today if I needed to so uh, feel fortunate that I hit Granville County when I did um so I love this town and we've we've been a part of you know the hub was the, the initial sort of kickoff point but been involved in a bunch of projects since then so just really cool to see Oxford growing in the direction that it's going
1: great that, that that's great um what are, just for you Ryan and you Pierre what's your favorite thing to do in Oxford absolute
2: favorite yeah. thing to do mm. it can be anything loaded question mm-hmm. yeah um I'm fortunate enough to have a good friend group. Um, we we love to come up here on Friday evenings. Um, kind of start here with no plan at all, and at you know six thirty, seven o'clock, we make a plan and we walk wherever we can to go eat dinner. And this is kind of just a starting point, and we just kind of go from there. That's uh, kind of our no plan weekend that you know we kind of look forward to doing that. So that's that's it all the local businesses and just we kind of just bounce around after we leave here but this is always the place that we start so uh yeah that's that's about my perfect uh no plan weekend which is good for me
1: that's cool so the the hub is definitely a gathering place just a a starting place for other things to do yeah
2: yeah uh, um i think the hub is a good place like i said other people they they meet here You know, we close at 7 o'clock, so it's a perfect. Everybody get up here between 5 and 6, grab a beer or two, and figure out where they're going to go after that. And, uh, yeah, it's just a good meeting spot kind of right here in the middle of town, and you can kind of go from there. The after-work hangout, right? It is the after-work hangout for sure. Pierre, how about you? He
3: said loaded question. I'm going to say loaded question. Um, I have no life, so I basically (laughs) just bounce business to business. Uh, location to location mainly hiding from other people but um, you know there's there's a lot to do here uh, and I'm involved in a lot of things so uh, I'll take this question as what do I do in my free time in Oxford right um, and that is exactly what Ryan said this is it's a great place to start it's a great place to connect with people and then we bounce and so um, you know activities like quitting time and other things where um, restaurants and other you know social establishments are open that's my favorite part of Oxford is you can you can get out, you can walk around, you can see folks sitting uh, outside that you haven't seen in a while and just an opportunity to connect with people.
0: Okay. Uh, since this is our uh, initial
1: podcast, Adam,
0: what is your favorite thing to do in Oxford?
1: Mm. Wow. Um, on the spot. I hadn't even thought about it um, lately.
3: It's the hub. The is the hub. Uh, <laughs> It I, starts at the
1: I, Hub. It starts at the Hub. There are a lot of trivias you know, in town um, that I, I've been a part of, and I love the Hub trivia on Thursdays. But i guess say my favorite thing to do in Oxford is, um, is something similar to what Ryan said, which is like you never quite know what's going to happen at a certain hour after on Thursdays or uh, Fridays or whatever. But I love Quentin Time, which happens here in Oxford and in and May and June. It has the perfect setting of you know, trying different restaurants, trying different locales, including the Hub and different places. And then once it's over around 8 o'clock, it's like, what do I do from 8 to, to 10 or 11 just to fill my time? Who am I going to run into? Who am I going to see that I haven't seen in months, weeks, or maybe even years? And um, very serendipitous and very um, just experimental with the foods and drinks and everything. Yeah. How about you, Alan?
0: It goes without saying, my favorite thing to do in Oxford, North Carolina is to give a sermon. Um, just kidding. Uh, I just uh, I'll just use today as an example. Um, I was <laughs> I was uh, you know I, w- I, w- I was down the road today uh, at uh, neighbors across the street getting a cup of coffee, and just uh, saw a couple people that I hadn't seen in a long time, and was able to hear what was going on in life with them. Um, you know, uh, family, professionally, uh, children. Uh, and once that happened, uh, five minutes later, the same thing happened all over again. Uh, it just is a friendly, social place, and uh, I just love connecting with people. All right. Um, Ryan, mm-hmm. what's the best thing that's happened to you ever in Oxford?
2: Oh, I didn't see that on here. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> You Know besides getting married, potentially that's 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 up there. That's um, a good answer. that yeah, was, that yeah, was that's good, good, good answer. Answer. Mia. In case you're listening, mm-hmm. you know, um, just to see the growth in Oxford, uh, from when I was in high school to now is crazy. It's ridiculous downtown, proud of the downtown. How it's we don't have many empty buildings, you go through these other towns, they're half empty Mm -hmm. they're lucky to have businesses and now you know we we're we're almost there and it's gonna do nothing but continue to grow to see the distillery come to see the brewery come to see you know good places like strong arm and oasis and you know then we got the beer garden opening where sunrise used to be and then the hub becoming what it has become now compared to what it was is 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 nice to see but that's uh that's about it for me. Same question.
3: Same question? Same question. I, I mean, there's, there's a lot that has happened in Oxford, and there's a lot of um, good things to point out. I think that the, the hub has been a testing ground for us for a lot of new ideas, and I think just the sort of the welcoming that we've gotten in Oxford as folks not from here, um, don't have the accent, um, don't have the family lineage, uh, but, you know, have been sort of just ex- accepted as members of the community, and we hope that, you know, we, we can continue to give back. We're going to talk about the festival and things like that. But um, I think the community here really has been the best part of Oxford for me. Right.
1: And would you mind if I inter- <clears throat> in- in- interject it actually, because I just realized actually what, probably one of the best things that's happened to me in Oxford involves this festival, the first time they had it, um, that Pierre and them were having it. I, I had a friend named Scott Compton who had referred me to this gentleman here, Ryan uh, Turner, about helping out. And I, I'd kind of been in Oxford a little bit, going to the brewery some places and a few other places, but I never really felt like, connected, I would say, fully. But then I helped out there, and then at some point later that, that was in November, and then later that month of November, Pierre invited me to their like, um, what it, it was the annual Thanksgiving mm-hmm. celebration or whatever? Yeah, Friendsgiving. Yep. Yeah, Friendsgiving, yeah, yep. exactly. Like they did back in the, the show Friends and all that, That's yeah. right. Um, and it it, it really changed me because I met people that like Doug and Vicky Logan I hadn't seen in a long time and reconnected with them and met Wade Parham who's like just almost this cool random person in town and like started getting more connected with people here in the hub and just people around town and I gotta say, say thank you guys for, for letting me be part of that and, and helping out and it really changed a lot of the dynamic I have with this town. Well, so. so good. Well,
3: anytime you want to work for free, <laughs> uh, you let us know. Fair and enough. We will, we will hook then, you there up. There are
0: great volunteer opportunities. Fair enough. He you already asked place. me if we needed any, <laughs> but I think
2: we're covered this year. But be on stand, be on standby because you know always stuff happens when the, in the beer business for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: okay, you
0: want to go on to the next yeah, question?
1: I think so. Uh, well, well, just to, uh, just to kind of set the record straight. We're here. We're here talking about the Hub Craft and Brew Festival. That's going to be November 11th of this year, 2023, from 1 to 5 p.m. Out here on Main Street in Oxford, North Carolina. Is that correct? Yes.
3: Yeah, so oh, that's correct. One, one to four. So we're, we're going to do one yeah. to four. So one we'll to have, four. We'll have the street closed until five, but we'll we'll start clearing folks off starting at four.
1: Understood. Yep.
2: Yeah. So you're you're welcome to hang out out in the street area until five, but the festival itself, uh, beer samples and crafts will end at four but welcome to hang out and we obviously will be open until seven that night
1: very cool um what is the origin story of the beer festival the, the reason for having it socially um commercially um uh, what was the initial idea there
2: so uh 2019 i talked to pierre and I had recently come off of probably going to three or four beer festivals and saw how impactful they were for different charities and different you know things in Durham and Asheville and Wilmington and um, I said well you know what do you think about doing this and he was all for it so we just jumped on board and um Started a little smaller and it's gotten a little bit bigger every single year. Um, yeah, and it's just, it's done really well. Our uh, portion of the proceeds for our stuff go to the Masonic Home here in Oxford, and um, they help us with setup and breakdown and volunteers. And it's been a good relationship to have with them. And I just hope it gets better every year. And um, we had to skip a year because of COVID, but it, uh, has bounced back, and it's just a good time, and I think it's evolved over the years as far as um, having now we have vendors, now we have music, more music, and, you know, it makes it a little more uh, friendly for anybody that's coming that's not just there to do the beer sampling. So it's kind of welcome to anybody in town. So, yeah, that's that's kind of what I remember from it. That's what, that's what I got.
3: I think to Ryan's point, what we, the evolution of the festival, I think we had, what, 10, 10 or 12 vendors the first year. We were pulling teeth right. to get them here. People like Adam helped us out for pouring beer because people said, that sounds like a great idea. Let us know right, if that goes anywhere, and we'll send you some, our beer reps next time. So it did go somewhere, and, and it was exciting for people who were here. And actually what happened over time is as reps showed up for the festivals in, in the subsequent years, they went, man, this place is really cool and this little town nobody has seen before nobody's visited um is something we're going to come back and see again so we've got uh some of the reps who they might do one or two festivals a year and this is one of them because they just really love being out here terrific okay
0: um ryan you're the the beer expert here in town um Mm. can you talk a little bit about just uh Craft brewing and kind of the revolution that's been undergoing in the brewing of beer. When I was a young man, it was like, okay, here was the beer that my father drank, yeah, that his father drank. Um, clear, smooth lagers, of which it seemed like there were about 10 of them for sale in the whole country. Um, what's happened in the last 30, 40 oh, years of beer?
2: An explosion. Is really what's happened um, I remember having hmm, Trying to think if it was legally or not um, We'll say it was <laughs> it Might have been right around that time uh, I'd say around 2008 I lived in Wilmington And I remember there being one brewery in town Big town uh, Didn't visit Wilmington for Eight, ten years after that Came back and there was 14 breweries in town Wow so that has uh, – and that, just like any city, that if it's popular, it's going to keep rolling. And it's, it's just taken off, man. Uh, yeah, it's started really drinking craft beer about 2008, 2009, 2010, a lot. And then it's just been a nonstop just it, – it just keeps going. You know, you would think people like Asheville would get drowned out. But all of them are still making, you know, for the most part, all of them are still making it, and it's, uh, and it's a good spot for people in small towns, you know, because so they can say, you know, what we have a brewery, and you know, it's cool to see our brewery. When I go down to the beach, I see tobacco wood beer, yeah. and it's cool to have a good story behind that. And um, yeah, it's it's ever changing as far as styles and stuff go, but it's. It's all, about, it's all about the beer, and it's just, it's really taken off in the past six years, like really taken off. So he can uh, speak a little more on, um, I don't know about the business side, but, you know, just just how many more uh, breweries have come along. But, yeah, it's just, it's been crazy the past ten years, so.
3: Yep. I think, um, you know, we, tobacco would open five years ago in yeah. September, hard to believe five years ago but the conversation to Ryan's point is as the growth was like exponential right a few popped up and then they like exploded the question from business side was well how much can the market really sustain how many micro breweries can, can exist within a, a radius and so I think what we found was that uh, overall beer consumption didn't change but the percent of the market shifted from large breweries to these craft breweries so people right. who you know yeah all, we opened the fridge we always saw the same my dad was a Michelin ultra you know the tall skinny brown bottle with the silver um, label that's what was always in the fridge and that was it He drank the same beer every day and so when you think about what we do now we go into bottle shops and we literally i probably don't have two beers that are the same in my refrigerator and there's probably 50 of them in there so the idea that a single beer from a single brewery paired next to four or five others that you take home with you that was sort of what we now see as normal for these bottle shops so Yeah, I think it was just a shift away from sort of bulk consumption of a single beer that you're familiar with, this idea that you can explore through all these styles. And Ryan will tell you and probably pick on me a little bit. But When I first got here, I drank red ale from, uh, I think Fat Tire was probably the one that I, that was my really like risque craft beer, right? (laughs) I'm like, what do you think I'll like? And he's, you know, pointing me towards like the safest beers in the cooler. Didn't drink IPAs, didn't drink sours, didn't drink really any stouts. And I think you just sort of go through that process of like, okay, this is good. Some people don't love them all, but kind of you start to explore a little bit and find out there's there's a lot to it, yeah.
2: Yeah, and uh, to add on that one thing, probably I kind of think of it as um, as you've seen the uh, popularity in chain restaurants go down. I can kind of consider that the same thing. Uh you would rather kind of go what's local and what, you know, people you know that are own these places. You'd rather go drink at those places and spend your money there than go to some corporation that, you know, that you don't know where all the stuff's going. That's right. So that's kind of where I'm at and I think that that's uh, been a big big push here of, of late especially around here to try to support the local places before the, uh, the big guys.
0: Right. Right. So beer has kind of just gone the same direction as most other things in the culture where it's, you know, get your local hot sauce. That's it. Um, we drink. Drink local. You know, yep. Lo and behold, there is a winery not too far away. Mm-hmm. Somebody's making clothing again around here. Right. Um, yes. Um, your turn.
1: <clears throat> hey, guys. If, if I were to bring someone to the Craft and Brew Festival, what, would, what should we expect? How would they be changed as a result of me bringing them?
2: I figured that was happening. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So for beer drinkers and non-beer drinkers, you you might see some familiar names at the beer festival, Uh, the Wicked Weeds, uh, the High Wires. Um, Our goal is to have some familiar beer and some beer that definitely nobody has ever had to that point. And it, it opens your eyes to trying without having to buy whole beers and six packs at a time, some beers that you probably wouldn't try unless you were just getting small samples and, and moving on. So it kind of it broadens your horizon as far as, like, your beer world. You know, some people say, oh, sours are not my thing. It's like, well, just try an ounce of this and, you know, maybe it is your thing and you just haven't really, you know, got to that point, but... It's uh, definitely become a little more of a, a family-friendly, like, event. So, your kids can come. Uh, we'll have soda available. There's water and, you know, and different, I think there's going to, we got? Activities for kids. Activities yep. and stuff for kids this year. And, um, yeah, it's just a anybody event. It's not just for the, the hardcore beer drinkers, so. If you think about,
3: and we did this the first year, we did a 21 and over event, thinking that was sort of the lane, right? And then we, another show we'll do on this later, uh, but in the spring we do an art and wine festival, and that was very much oriented towards families. So we rethought it and said, well, what, why would we not? And so if, if, if the customer base wasn't expecting it to be necessarily 21 and over, then we could accommodate all the age groups and make it a family event. And yeah. And that did increase attendance significantly. It actually didn't increase the number of people that drank beer. That stayed about the same, but it increased the overall attendance um, in downtown Oxford, which is the point. So these events are as much to promote something that we're passionate about, which is craft beer and our own business. Uh, but it's really here to help promote downtown Oxford. And right. so the other the other retailers that stay open, the ones that support, the ones that pop out on the sidewalks, like that's that's the whole point of these events for us. So... The idea of being able to pull in families, which I think, you know, again, it was this um, talk about dad's beer, right? That generation drank um, with adults. And now we're in a generation where it's it's acceptable to bring your kids to breweries, actually encouraged in a lot of way, They've got games and outdoor play areas and bring your pets. And so right. this has become, as a part of our culture, more of a family um, environment. These kids are, you know, part of those families they're not being left with the babysitter so mom and dad can go hang out on a saturday afternoon now you you're welcome to um but you don't necessarily need to so you know we try to set up the street in a way that if that's what you're here for and you're here to hang out with your family and you want to do kid activities and eat you can do that and then sort of on the other half of the street is where you know there's vendors and and the craft beer and stuff is so we are aware of it but we think because of the family nature of what we're doing it actually works
1: right
0: right
3: uh when Um, you were when you were talking pierre um Two
0: things that I thought of is one, uh, Las Vegas has rebranded itself as a family destination, and um, says you know, just because you're in Las Vegas doesn't mean you're consigned to the casino. Right. Um, there's weather. There's swimming pools. There's you know, um, scenery. Uh, there's rides to ride. All that sort of stuff, and then. Um, I thought of the changes in attitudes, you know, towards things like alcohol, where you know, uh, all my friends from Europe were like, "Oh yeah, you know, it was just always around growing up, um, and that we got used to it um, and socialized to it, um, as opposed to when I was a kid, it was like, okay, this, this is the adult area, you kids." Are not allowed over here which just simply made us kids say how do we get into the adult space right you know right and it seems that the way uh forward in in overcoming that was to just say well let the kids be in the space with their adults with their parents um and glad to see that you know that the beer festival is a place where
1: anybody can come that's right um Ryan, uh, you mentioned the trying new and different beers. Are there any beers on the list that you're, you're, interest, you're interested to try this year that from a different brewery or wherever else?
2: Um, so, without giving exactly what we have as okay. far as breweries, uh, I mean, as far as what each brewery is bringing, I'm bringing my list out. Um, new to the festival this year Sycamore Brewing from Charlotte, which is about one of the better IPA. Brewers in the state. Uh, this is their first time actually coming and have a representative. Um, this year we actually have a meadery coming, and um, that's something a little different we've never had. Uh, so that'll be a different twist of things. Um, High Wire out of Asheville, this is their first year. They always do some funky stuff with Sours, with Darks. They're all over the place with some good stuff. And um, edit brewing out of raleigh uh they are very new but they make some killer beers and then full steam this is actually their first time coming and cool thing about full steam is they everything that they brew their beers with is from north carolina top to bottom hops everything grain everything is from north carolina so that's cool so this is their first time coming so uh There'll be and then some other good uh, breweries that we've had and every year some couple years and but it will be different every single time so I have a list of what we've had in years past and then making sure that everybody tries to get the new experience every time so great
3: yeah I think what's what's cool about this festival if you go to you know other other um, beer festivals in particular the larger markets Raleigh and Durham you can picture, you know, 500 to 1000 people clustered somewhere, a ball field, the old ball field in Durham or you know, on the streets in Raleigh and yes. you wait in a line of 50 people to, you know, spend 3 or 4 seconds in front of the you know, the whoever's pouring those beers for you to sample and there's no real interaction that can occur. So what's what we tried to drive for here was an opportunity for you to meet the folks, right? And have a conversation with them and figure out like hey what's you know are you the brewer you're the owner are you the sales rep tell me about the beers and we've gotten a lot of feedback from people who come to this festival who drive from those other markets and say I just like the fact that I get to actually talk to whoever's pulling the beers and, yeah. and from the from the you know again we've got reps we've got brewers we've got owners like it's a really cool mix of people who, who come out and, and help us out right
0: right I just uh, I just realized the advantage of Having a beer festival here, and just having it be on your streets, um, compared to here's this stadium, that stadium. Not that there's anything wrong with those, um, but just you know, a different sort of social experience. Yes. You know, you can go from here's this vendor to here's a restaurant, um, here's a store. Um, in an odd sort of way, you know, uh,
3: the beer festival here maybe can offer more things. That's right. Yeah. So we've strategically positioned it at 1 to 4 because we want to get folks to eat, to come out, eat some more while they're here, um, and then be at a position where, okay, it's now it's 4, 4.30. Like Now we're starting to plan the rest of our day, and yeah, dinner it's time. dinner time. So, again, we could have easily shifted this right on to lunch or right on to dinner. Again, the point of this is not to monopolize. People and the, and their time they spend in Oxford, it's to enhance the experience of Oxford. And right. maybe this is the only time all year they come here, and they 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 were drawn here for beer, but they find a town that they're like, man, this place is cool. I'm gonna bring my friends back here, and they do. They come back and visit us and poke their head in and say, hey, remember I was here for a beer festival, and you know came back because your town is cool. So that that's what we're after.
2: So weird uh, or cool story, I'd like to say. So um, one year we had a rep. From Wicked Weed come and a lot of you know them now Mary Beth and and David and they were reps for Wicked or she was a rep for Wicked Weed she came to the shop or it might have been beer festival one year and um she was talking about how much she loved it and I said man y'all should move here you know they lived in Durham and they were talking about how crazy it was getting over there and then she texted me two months later and said hey we bought a house in Oxford and they've been here ever since and love it so it's uh it's something that a lot of people mm, didn't know about maybe when they're coming from out of town and they get here and we're like, wow, this is, this is really nice. And, you know, they, they really appreciate it and the vendors love it every time they come. So that's, that's a good plus for the festival. Right. Um,
0: if there are people that are listening right now and they're wondering if, if they can help out, is there anything they can do?
3: Yeah, I think if, if they will reach out to the store, um, you can hit us on social media, Facebook, send us a message, um, call the store. There's an op- or even stop by. There's an opportunity. We have a, a sign-up list for volunteers. Like Ryan said, sometimes our plans get changed. Uh, we have vendors that call out, but if still sent beer, we need volunteers to help pour, right. set up, uh, tear down. You know, the city is a partner in this and helps us with you know barricading and trash receptacles and things like that. But there's always something to do right. so yeah please just reach out and we'll we'll sign those duties as we sort of figure out what we need help with
1: right. you guys have kind of gone over some of the you have some craft vendors right and everything like that but if somebody's not a beer drinker what else do they're doing is there gonna be there gonna be food trucks or anything like that possibly yeah. so music
3: and everything there'll be there'll be live music and and i would be lying to you if i could remember the name of the they've got a phenomenal name it's on our i think it's like mama Bree Bree and the stranger or i think that's what it's called um little duo out of um, uh, southern part of Virginia we, we team up with Next Door Radio uh, with Trey and, and he you know finds the music for us he provides the stage um, and, and so we're excited to hear them we've heard some demos from them but that's going to be great um, we've got some um, kid activities planned so the kids can come down Oxford Cheerlead is supporting us with some of that uh, we also have food trucks um, and then I think 20 or so craft vendors so um, those vendors come out Again, another opportunity to help support the community. And these are folks who, the only requirement is that whatever they sell is, is handmade. Right? Right. And so they come out, and you know we're talking just a, now a few weeks from, dare I say Christmas, but a few weeks from Christmas, and this is a great opportunity for them to sell directly to the community. Um, we draw out anywhere in the neighborhood of a 500 to 1,000 people over the, over the course of the afternoon. Uh, again, some beer drinkers, some not. Um, but now the majority are not. So we have about 250 that participate in the uh, beer tasting, and the rest are just here to uh, do the other things or go shopping. Right.
0: Right. Um, any uh, contests or, you know, giving of ribbons or medals, anything of that sort. Yeah. The Great Oxford Beer Festival. Right.
3: <laughs> I think we were on a we were on a, a show yesterday recording, and we said, yeah, there's 50 or so samples of beer not a challenge that is not like a punch card that you have to fill out and redeem for you know drop it in the bucket no this is you know pace yourself um in the future maybe we could get we could get creative and come up with like a hot pepper eating you know equivalent (laughs) or something but no um the, the the i think maybe the contest here is to pace yourself um 50 offers to sample, but, you know, maybe don't pick all 50. Maybe sample a few of those for yourself. But the idea of the range of beers is more to make sure that there's something for everybody. Ryan said, sours, ciders, light beers, dark beers, IPAs, so just something for everybody. Right.
0: Right. My wife for the longest time could not understand why I was a beer drinker. When she sampled, you know, an IPA, she's like, why do you put that in your mouth? Uh, But... When I gave her an imperial stout, she was like, "I could have this." Right. You know, uh, it, it met her palate, and she was very surprised that after her whole life of not being a beer drinker, that uh, she's now at a stage where she might order a beer, she might order a cider, or something along those lines.
2: Um, well, that's good. That's kind of the half of the point of the festival is to test your palate and see where it goes from there, and see what you like that might not be what you think it is right? and then um, then you can kind of go from there and then you know what to do going forward if you know that you like Imperial Stouts then you know which way to, to jump to the to our side of the beer over there but um, yeah that's you never know until you give them a try because yep. looking at that beer you probably would not have gone in that direction since it looks like motor oil <laughs> but if you're a coffee person or yeah. a chocolate person or roasty kind of sometimes that's just that's just what you like and that's which is a good thing about being able to try everything yeah
0: yeah i think that's one of the great things about uh, the craft beer revolution is just uh, people will recognize just how diverse a thing beer is Uh, you know and different beers for different occasions Um, different beers for different stages of life. <laughs> I find myself as, as I get older and older, um, I'm more and more inclined to drink that beer that my father drank. <laughs> yeah. As if I'm catching up with him. Right. Full yes. Circle. yes. Full circle. Okay. Um, we've we got any other questions on there that, uh, that we haven't done yet. Okay. Um, before we ask you two other, uh, other questions for another podcast, um, Anything you want to close with um, and say to the listening audience about uh, the, the brew, what's the official name? The Hub, the Craft, Hub Craft and Brew Festival,
3: yes. We'll say um, tickets are on sale for tasting. The event itself is free if you just want to come out and enjoy. Obviously the food, you're going to pay for that, but uh, to come to the event is free. Uh, the tickets will sell out. That's the way it is. We get people every single year come to the table about 1.30 at check-in at registration and say, can I buy tickets? And we say, you cannot. We bring enough beer, uh, order enough tasting glasses so that the folks that do get tickets are well taken care of. So uh, we're very strict about that. So if you want to be there and you want a sample, buy your tickets. They're available online. Uh, go to the Facebook page for the Hub and it will send you to Eventbrite. Right? If you're really savvy you can actually search for it on Eventbrite. Um, and we also have paper tickets Um, available at the hub for sale. So individual tasting tickets are $40, um, and they're sold per person. Um, Reminder that it's 1 to 4, although the street will stay closed, you know, probably another hour after that, and the hub will be open. Um, If you're really into craft beer and you're local and you want to join, we have a beer club that meets once a month that Ryan leads. Uh, Really cool group of folks. Uh, We do uh, beer allocations. On a monthly basis, that basically um, your membership pays for, and then the monthly meetings are kind of gravy on top. And he breaks out a bunch of good stuff. We have a couple folks that are um, that are home brewers in the group that bring samples of things that they've made. Uh, but it's just a good fellowship time on on the last Sunday of every month. So folks should feel free to jump in there too if they want to.
2: You have anything to add about that, Ryan? Stoma Thunder on that one. Um, yeah, I was definitely going to. Jump in on that. I say we're four, three or four years solid on the beer club, um, and yeah, it's um, that. It, seeing how successful beer club was was a good note on us to do the beer festival, and we use those people for the beer club as people to reach out and. We welcome anybody to come to Beer Club, uh, like you said, last Sunday of every month. And um, your first time, if you want to come and try it out, it's just $10. And you get to try all sorts of beer. And you get a good explanation of what you're drinking, where it's from, how strong it is, all the different tasting notes and all that. But, um, yeah, that's, that's a separate thing but that's kind of where this where the beer festival stuff started um yeah beer festival it's a great cause it goes to a good organization here in town and um the more we continue to support it the more it will continue to grow and where do you guys see the uh, the festival going and becoming in the
1: next 35 years what you got any goals or hopes you want to share with us go ahead
3: i'm curious to hear
2: <laughs> i've just to keep it going a little bigger every year without without blowing it out the top but you know not to compare it to the Hot Sauce Festival but I remember coming to the first Hot Sauce Festival and there was 45 people here and now it's over 10,000 people that come so little bit by little bit and uh, see kind of where we go year to year and if anything changes we kind of just roll with, roll with the tide so
3: Yeah, the the growth has required that we start to think about our partnerships a little bit. You know, the first year, I think we were kind of directly in front of the hub, maybe a little bit to the right, not too far. Um, But now it's requiring a partnership with the city, downtown economic development, other retailers on our street, uh, Granville County Tourism Authority, because to Ryan's point, it it just sort of, it it appears that it's got some wind in its sail, and it's going to be sort of beyond our ability, probably, uh, at some point to... Manage, not necessarily the beer part, because that's really what we're passionate about. But as the event grows, the other sort of ancillary pieces around it. And we have already started to partner with, you know, a group to help us organize vendors, a group to sort of help us with the, you know, kid activities. And so it's already starting to go in that direction. But it's just wonderful to see it, you know, get off the ground. And COVID was obviously a kind of a, you know, a screeching halt for everything. But to be able to come back after that and and have the momentum that we have is really positive.
0: Right. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned that. It would have been an easy Easiest thing in the world for that interruption to have stopped something like this, um, but it's survived and uh, it has grown.
1: Uh, and, so, and I've really enjoyed what you guys have done with the Art and Wine Festival as well, and and having just not not just having something to drink, but something to, to do and interact with, and people local people to, to buy from and the, the crafts at the um, at the craft brewing festival. That's I think it would be very awesome to to see what comes of that. Um, where do you guys see Oxford in the next three to five years? or any, anything anything you want to see from the city or the town or kind of where it's going, where you want, where you want it to be?
2: Oh, man. Mm. It's going to grow. Yeah. I see it with my other job, which is undisclosed, you know, but uh, it's coming. Uh, the more people, the more businesses, the more restaurants, the more places it's going to come, um would love to see it be a place to where it can still be homey but have everything we need at one spot and you know it not get too crazy but crazy enough to where it's you have options to do what you want to do which is we have that now and it's just going to continue to grow that's uh that's really the goal for me man just uh I mean you can see the the housing market in Oxford has doubled in the past 5 years yeah. so
1: yeah, but I imagine Ryan, you still want to be able to go out on Friday nights and just have your uh, have your little uh, gallivant. Is that a good word? Or, That's, or 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 just have a, have a good time out with your friends.
2: Correct. And I don't I don't foresee that changing anytime soon right. because, like you said, we're gonna we're gonna get more places and we'll hopefully accommodate to the larger amount of people and try to keep the hometown vibe, but also on the progressive end of that. So right.
3: Yeah. And I think Ryan's exactly right. It's the, the vibe is, for me, the key. So, you know, we got here a, a very certain way, right? And we got here by supporting businesses, supporting each other. And my hope is that we will continue that idea so that when um, a festival or when an idea um, starts to, you know, be groomed into an event or whatever, that it's a collaboration between businesses and that new businesses will we sort of recognize that that's how we got here. So... Uh, every business is like a just another feather in the cap as opposed to, you know, I think there's two ways to, to grow a town like this. One is to replace an old business with a new business, and the other is to complement all the businesses with a new business. And I think that right. has been the model. That's why, you know, we've gotten some, some relatively large press on Oxford, specifically Southern Living Magazine and Our State Magazine. They are really interested in the businesses and the things that are happening. But the story that they keep coming back to is this idea that the businesses are creating events to support each other. Yeah. You look at quit in time and you say, well, this is a collaboration among like seven businesses or eight businesses to support each other on a Thursday afternoon when yeah. any one of them could have just taken the idea and said, well, as long as it's better for me than everybody else, I'm good. So I think that's the story of Oxford. And as long as we continue to keep that at the front, then I think we're going to be in good shape.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What I appreciate about all of that, what you just said, is that uh, there's an intentionality to create and to sustain the public space. And the public space being here's where you see your friends, here's where people make new friends. And as if Oxford, um, if the future of Oxford is growth, uh, it can still remain Oxford if there is spaces where people can get to know one another, the the character and the charm of the place will will flourish. Um, uh, I was thinking of, you know, whenever I go to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, which is a huge city, um, I'm always amazed when I'm in the middle of this place of several million people, how friendly the people are and how they want to get to know you, how they want to tell you, go here, Go eat here. Go listen to this music, um, you know, and that has to do with the culture of Philadelphia, um, and they do it with millions of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and if a town of you know millions of people can do it, everywhere else in the town world A town of nine
3: thousand can certainly do it. Yes, yeah.
0: yes, and it, it's 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 already going on here. Um, uh, Oxford doesn't have to change just because it grew. So that as well put as you can do yeah, that's yeah. it well um, I want to thank you guys for taking the time and uh, for th- those who are out there listening uh, we've been chatting with Pierre and Ryan and talking about the Hub Craft and Brew Festival which will be Saturday November 11th from 1 o'clock to 4 o'clock right here in the middle of Oxford you are all invited to come and go ahead and invite a friend if you are coming
1: Well, thank you guys so much for your time and for your uh, effort and energy and putting this thing together. And It's been great for the town and city, and I look forward to to being some part of it, the craft part, or just having fun with it, yeah.
0: If you need a volunteer for tasting, I know somebody. (laughs) Thank you. The The list is growing. Yeah, there's a lot of volunteers for that.